Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Praise the Lord and a very, very good morning to all of you tuning in from different parts of the world. It's been a joy to be in the presence of God, worshipping the Lord, to the beauty of His holiness. What a presence of God we all enjoyed in the presence of God while we were worshipping this morning. Thank you so much. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been learning about this message called Living a Life of Gratitude. So many people have got back saying how this word has deeply impacted them how this word has tremendously blessed them and in their hearts. And so many got back saying how you've been calling up people and saying thank you, how you've been appreciating others, the role that they have played in your lives, the blessing they have been in your life. Thank you so much for all of that. Today I want to come and share uh, this final part of the message, Living a Life of Gratitude, uh, this third part of the series. And I want to start with Acts and chapter 27, and we are looking at verse 35. Acts 27 and verse 35. The Bible says, Having said this, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all, and he broke it, and he began to eat. When you look at this particular scripture, oftentimes what comes to people's mind is that Jesus took bread, and he broke it, and he said, this is my body. But this portion was not by Jesus. In Acts 27... This was a portion where Apostle Paul was on a ship. And his ship was going to be shipwrecked. He was on his way to go to uh, stand before Caesar. He was in under trial and he was on his way to stand before Caesar to be judged over there. And everybody on board knew that there is going to be a storm. When you look in, uh, in, in Acts 27, you see the story where... Paul had warned the people, let's not go on this journey. Don't go this particular route now because a storm's probably coming. It's going to be dangerous. But people didn't listen to him. The captain didn't listen to him. The centurion who was in charge of him didn't listen to him. And they went on the journey. And the storm came. And it was a very, very difficult circumstance. A very, very challenging circumstance. Even Paul may have been disheartened at that time. But the Bible says in Acts 27... The Bible says that in verse 23, For this very night an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood before me, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all these things. See, what the angel of the Lord came and told Paul, Don't be afraid, Paul. You're not going to die, and the people with you are not going to die, because you have to stand before Caesar. Now think about it for a minute. When I think about, you know, the prophecy that the angel brought, you know, the, the angel was saying, you're not going to die, which was good news, but you're going to still have to stand before Caesar. You're an under trial, and you're going to have to stand there and testify before Caesar. And when Paul heard this, he was encouraged. He was encouraged in the midst of knowing that his ship was going to be shipwrecked. Think about it for a minute. And he took bread. And he told, uh, you know, it was 14 days since the rest of the people had eaten anything. They were all in the storm. And 14 days into the storm, he looks at all the people and he, he says, don't be discouraged. Let's eat something. 
Because you are not going to die. The Lord has spoken to me. And the Bible says, And having said this, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all and broke it and he began to eat. In the midst of a time where everybody is discouraged and hopeless, Paul found a reason to be grateful to God. He found a reason to say, Thank you, Lord. I want to break bread right now. And from the bottom of my heart, when I know that we are going to go into a shipwreck, I believe it is a a fantastic time to be grateful to God for life itself. You see, many times we are very discouraged in these kind of circumstances. But I want to tell you the Holy Spirit wants to encourage our heart to be a people of praise. When, When Mary, the mother of Jesus, when Gabriel came to her and prophesied over her, you know, that you're going to have a child, and this child is he's going to be the son of God, and he's going to be born uh, of a virgin according to the prophet. When, when he said, and you are that virgin, the moment she heard this, she began to sing a song of praise to God. And Mary said like this in Luke 1, 47 to 49, Mary said, my soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit rejoice in God my Savior, for he has had regard for the humble servant. You know what Mary is saying? I'm going to get pregnant outside wedlock and I'm going to have to bear the child, the son of God. You see, any normal person hearing that would be discouraged, thinking of the shame I'm going to go through, the pain I'm going to go through, all the problems that's going to come to my life. But Mary used that opportunity to be grateful. Look what she said. She said, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Which means, she's saying, I am happy, I'm excited, I'm rejoicing in God. For he has regarded the humble state of his born servant. Which means, he's considered me. Out of the millions of women around the world that God could have considered to fulfill the prophet's prophecy. God considered me. And he says, and she says, he's regarded this humble born servant. For behold, from now on, all generations are going to call me blessed. She was saying, because of this one choice that God has made, all generations are going to call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. What a grateful heart she carried. What a grateful attitude she had. She was not thinking about the humiliation about the accusations. She's not thinking about the poverty she's going to have to having to leave the family and go away because of having, getting pregnant outside wedlock. She was not thinking about what her husband-to-be was going to say. Maybe he could lay her away. She was not thinking about what her parents would tell her, what her friends would have to say about her. She said, for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. It was not easy being married. It was not easy to stand at a time when everything was going to go wrong. But she chose to use that opportunity to give praise and thanksgiving to God. What happens in our lives when we are ungrateful? What are some of the things that happen in your life and my life when our hearts begin to get ungrateful? The first thing that happens in all our life when we become ungrateful is that we end up missing the big picture of what God has been planning in our lives. When we, when we go through a setback or go through negative circumstances or go through some challenge, 
In our hearts we begin to think, why is this happening to me? Why is that happening to me? And we forget to see the big picture of what God is planning in our life. Israel was in the wilderness. And the moment they didn't have a little bread or they didn't have meat, they begin to complain, they begin to get upset and they begin to, you know, they begin to get angry with Moses because they forgot the big picture that God was taking them out of slavery and God was taking them into a promised land. Do you and I miss out on the big picture of what God is doing in the midst of our pain? In the midst of our complaining, do we miss out on the big picture that like Paul said, he took bread and gave thanks. Like Mary said, oh, magnify the Lord because he has considered his bond servant. Are you missing the big picture? Paul and Mary both saw the big picture of what God was doing. Paul saw the big picture that he had a prophecy the day he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And he was water baptized. He had a prophecy upon his life saying, I'm going to show you how much you're going to suffer for my name. The Lord had spoken to him. And that day, the prophetic word says, you're going to stand before kings. And Paul was thinking in his heart, the moment the angel told him, you're not going to die because you're going to stand before Caesar. He could have thought, oh, the ship is going to be wrecked. But instead he thought, what an opportunity, I'm not going to die. I'm going to fulfill prophecy upon my life. For many people, prophecy is only good things. Somehow prophets of these days, oftentimes, you know, end up telling us only the things that may make us happy. So many of them are like that. But I believe God sometimes gives us prophetic of negative challenges that may help happen in our life, but the fulfillment of God's plan. When Agabus came and told Paul, you're going to be tied like this and you're going to be taken to, uh, to Rome to stand trial, Paul said, God already has spoken this to me. Paul used that opportunity to praise the Lord. Don't miss the big picture of what God is doing in your life and my life. When we are ungrateful, we fail to see things that God has done for us in the past. Many times we, you see, King Saul was ungrateful and he failed to see how God picked him from that tribe of Benjamin. When he was a nobody, how God picked him up. When he did not know anything much, how God called him. When, God, when he had nothing to look forward to, how God used things in his life. We fail to see the things God has done for us in the past when we live life of un- ingratitude. We forget the provision, the blessing. We forget how people prayed for us. We forget the food that came on the table when we had no money. We forget the job that we got when there were no jobs in the market. We forget the loving family that stood with us when so many people around don't have a family to love them. They missed the fact Israel in the wilderness, when they were being fed with manna, They were complaining, oh, manna all the time, manna all the time. What is this thing? Why are we having to eat this all the time? They missed out on the fact that in in Egypt, Pharaoh had told them, I'm not going to supply you straw, and yet you're going to make brick for me, because you have a lot of time. That's why you're thinking of going to the wilderness to worship God. Therefore, I'm not going to give you straw, but you will not reduce the number of bricks that are going to be made. They worked hard day and night. They had to labor, they had to sow and reap and do all of those things for the food. But now in the wilderness, while they were going, there was no sowing, there was no reaping, there was no harvest, there was nothing. But yet God supplied their everyday meal. 
they forgot what God did for them for their everyday meal. And now they were complaining that what is this manna? Why is this the everyday we have to go after the same thing? There was a tremendous miracle that God had done for them. But they were ungrateful. And they begin to think about all the garlic and the leeches, all the different things they had for food back there in Egypt. When we are ungrateful, we forget what God has done for us in the past. When we are ungrateful, we become discontent, negative, complaining, critical. You see, a critical spirit is an ungodly spirit. Always mind first thinks about the negative. First thinks about the, the, you know, the challenge. First thinks about the problem. First thinks about the impossibility. First thinks about the risk or the danger. And I don't think that is something from God. Because when a word from God comes, or an opportunity comes our life, or just being the people who we are, people like to be with positive, happy, trusting people. When we become ungrateful, become unhappy, negative, envious people, we miss out. On what God has done for us in the midst of all the things that we feel God has not done. So many people spend their time searching, looking at things that make them, you know, make them content by getting answered prayer. How have you handled life when your prayers have not been handled, uh, answered? When blessings did not come your way? Philippians chapter 4 was 11 to 13. Paul says like this. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. But he says, for I have learned to be content in every circumstance. I know what it means to be in need. And I know what it means to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. Secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether well fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things. Through Christ who gives me strength. Look at that scripture. Paul is saying, I know the secret of of living in plenty or even being in want. And he says, I can even be in want because I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Many people nowadays, they come to God if God will answer their prayer. But I want to encourage you today by telling you, if you can be transformed to a person of gratitude, your life will be tremendously happy. When we become ungrateful, we miss all the great opportunities in life to pay life forward. We miss great opportunities to become a blessing, to do unto another group of people what God and others did for us. That's called paying life forward. Many times people couldn't afford an education and somebody paid for their education. And then when they get a good job and when they begin to do well in life, they pay life forward. They begin to become a blessing to someone else. They begin to help someone else. When we become ungrateful, we begin to hoard and gather and we begin to hold things for ourselves. And in our heart, we'll be constantly thinking about how can I ensure that I am safe in the future. But when our hearts become grateful, we begin to pay life forward. We begin, you know, there are people I've heard about how that have blessed others and others have been tremendously grateful. And they've come back to the people that blessed them and said, thank you. And the people that blessed them said, no, don't thank me. Just pay life forward. Do for others what I've done for you. When we are ungrateful, we are unable to do for others what others have done for us. When we are ungrateful, fifthly, we miss an opportunity. To testify to the world about God. 
When we are ungrateful, you see, like the Samaritan woman, when she was for, when she was forgiven and when she was encouraged and when she was given a prophetic word, her heart was full of gratitude. She went forward back into Samaria, into Sychar, and she began to tell everybody about this wonderful prophet who told her about her life. And she brought the people to Jesus. When we are ungrateful, we are unable to testify about the things God has done. When our hearts are grateful, we will be full of testimony. We'll be praising God at all times. We'll be telling everyone about the wonderful things God has done. We don't want to miss the opportunity of paying life forward. The demoniac man who was full of demons, when he got delivered, he said, Jesus, I want to come with you. Jesus said, no, go back into Decapolis. You go out there and you tell others. So he went back and he paid life forward by telling others about what God had done for him. Making an opportunity for their hearts to be open. And when the Samaritan woman, when she was blessed, she went and testified about the wonderful things God had done for her. When we become ungrateful, our hearts become full of pride. Our hearts become full of pride that we miss the grace of God. Pride is a terrible thing. Because we feel that we are self-made people. Our hard work is the reason why we have come thus far. Pride is a terrible thing because it excludes God from operating in our life in a mighty way. Many times we leaders can become ungrateful. We forget how it was the Lord that gave us a gift and blessed us and brought us thus far. Proverbs 17 and verse 13 says like this. Evil will never leave the house of the one who pays back evil for good. He who returns evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. And I want us to know, I want to keep this in our heart. Why is that so? Because the grace of God lifts off our life. God wants us to be grateful. God wants us to have gratitude in our heart all the time, people of God. If these things are the consequences of an ungrateful life, then I want all of us to live a grateful life. I want all of us to know that we can be grateful people. But for that, we have to cultivate gratitude in our life. We have to cultivate a heart of gratitude. It will not grow just by itself. An anonymous man said like this, It isn't what you have in your pocket that makes you thankful. It's what you have in your heart that makes you thankful. We're not thankful people because we have everything in place. We're not thankful people because we have money and we have house and wealth and all of that. We're thankful because we have cultivated gratitude in our heart. We have taken time. To grow the sin in heart. It's not a natural thing to be grateful. Because by, as humans we are usually ungrateful. We are selfish by nature. We are fearful by nature. It's not natural to be grateful. It's not a natural thing. A garden needs to be cultivated. So also the garden of our heart needs to be cultivated. It needs to be weeded out from weeds. It needs to be sowed good things. Many times in our life. We don't take care to tend the garden and so weeds grow. We don't take care to ensure that that pride does not remain there. That haughty attitude does not remain there. That those different things that are not from God, that they don't remember, remain there. God wants us to weed out. Take care to weed out things that are standing in the way of having a grateful heart. People of God, you got to cultivate gratitude in your heart. Because it's not natural. To grow. What is natural to grow? 
is self-centeredness, self-preservation, self, you know, elevation, promoting ourselves. That's more natural because we are fleshly people. And fleshly people think only fleshly thoughts. And that's why we get offended when others don't meet our expectations. We feel entitled. They should do this for us. They should fulfill that. And when others don't fulfill our expectations, we feel, ent- we, we feel upset and our flesh begins to act up and we're offended and we speak back and we complain and do all of that. But today I want to tell you six different ways in which we can cultivate gratitude in our heart. Six different steps I believe we need to take towards cultivating attitude. And I want to, and I want to label it with six R's for the letter R, the English letter R. The first thing we need to do to cultivate gratitude in our heart is to renew our mind. Knowing that gratitude is an issue of the heart and the mind. And when we think in the same way we used to think all along, we will continue to be the selfish people that we have been all along. The first thing we need to do is to renew, to be grateful. We have to renew our mind. We need to cleanse our mind from the old patterns of thinking. We need to cleanse our mind from the old ways of thinking and the old ways of doing things. We need to work on a humble heart for which we have to ask ourselves a few questions. The first Maybe we need to look and search our heart to renew our mind. Unless we search our heart, we won't know what to renew. So we ask ourselves a few questions, a few hard questions. Ask yourself, do I take time to practice gratitude? Is that part of my life? Do I take time to practice gratitude? Did I get back to people in my life who blessed me? And Did I walk back to them and say, thank you? I just want to say thank you for being there in my life, for helping me, blessing me, loving me. Many times in our life, we are not able to say thank you. Many times in our life, we are not able to be grateful. We take people for granted, our parents, our loved ones, some of our teachers, some people that that blessed us financially, some people that stood with us emotionally. Are we grateful for the people that we often take granted, our family, our friends, our leaders? Our intercessors, people that have been there for us. Am I a selfish person? Am I someone who feels entitled all the time? Am I struggling with a huge ego that I'm so, that I find it so hard to walk up to somebody and say, Thank you. I want to say that if it was not for you, I would not have been able to make it thus far. Is it so hard for us to do that? Is it very hard for us to say thank you? To break out of that heart of pride. To break out of that self-preservation, self-promotion, self-gratification. You know, and to say this is not about me. Because God opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself therefore before the mighty hand of God. And in due time, God will lift you up. Are you struggling with your ego? Have you searched your heart to see, am I struggling with an ego that I can't say sorry? I want to humble down. Would you search your heart and see, by nature, am I suspicious of people's intentions? When I see people coming to bless me or do something good for me, do I feel uncomfortable because I feel, oh, if they do that for me, I have to do something back, I'll be indebted to them? Am I suspicious of 
what people's intentions are? Am I suspicious? Will they take advantage of me? By their doing something for me, will I have to you know, pay them back? Well, am I suspicious of them taking advantage of me? I've got to search my heart. I believe we need to. And as we search our heart, we also look at, am I afraid to say thank you? Because of what I'm going to have to sacrifice in return for their favor to me. Do I hang around grateful people? Because if I hang around grateful people, I'll become a grateful person. If I hang around ungrateful people, I will become an ungrateful person. You know, very young as a Christian, I begin to tell myself, I want to be careful who I hang around with. I heard a saying many years ago, if you, if you hang around with chickens, you'll fly like a chicken. You hang around with eagles, you'll fly like an eagle. Are you hanging around with godly people? People who will take flight and go into the presence of God in a mighty way. You know the thing about eagles? When a storm comes, they're not afraid of a storm. They just fly above the storm. Are you hanging around with people that fly above the storm? The storm does not make them negative and, 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 and slanderous and complaining and arrogant and proud and full of disbelief. But a storm will tell them, when the winds come, I'm going to spread my wings out and I'm going to catch the wind because God is the wind beneath my wings. Will he be, you use the, will you use the opportunity to soar about the wind as eagles? Do you feel entitled and that the world owes you things? That you're thinking in your heart, I feel entitled, that I believe people owe me a good life. People have to give me good life. If all these things are there in our heart, we need to search that and we need to weed that garden. Before you ever plant something good in your heart, you have to identify what is it that is a weed in my lifestyle. What is it that's standing in the way that needs to come out of there? And you need to go out there and weed things in your heart. So if you want to renew your mind, how just how do you do it? Identify those behaviors. Ask people to tell you, is there anything you see in me that is a lifestyle of ingratitude? Ask people and maybe speak to your wife or your husband or your family or your people, your friends. That are, do you see an ungrateful heart in me? If so, please tell me, and I want to change in that. Don't get offended with them when they tell you that, but use it as an opportunity to identify. Identify these traits and behaviors. Read the Word of God. Because as you read the Word of God, Ephesians 5, 27 says, washing of the mind with the water of God's Word. When you and I begin to read God's Word, our mind is washed with the Word. So we renew our mind, read the word, meditate on the word. The more you meditate on the word, that word of God becomes your default setting. It becomes your default thinking. I thank God from my childhood days, from the time I got saved, I begin to devour the word of God. I begin to read and read and meditate and read and meditate until the word of God begin to take the place of that unrenewed nature in my life. And begin to reform me to become someone who pursued the word of God. Read the word of God and keep it on your heart. Ask God to soften your heart. Say, Lord, if you see, Lord, things in my life that are really hard, that really need to be softened. Lord, renew my mind. Soften my heart. Lord, fill me with an anointing. Soften my heart, O oh God. 
And when you do that, you will have an opportunity to submit your fears to God. Many of us, we don't want to renew our mind because we're fearful. We're afraid, Lord, what will happen? What are the circumstances? We have so many thoughts in our heart. But submit your fears to God. And when you begin to pray for the people that have wronged you, taken advantage of you, when you begin to pray for those people, you will begin to bless them. When you begin to bless them, something happens in your mind. Your mind begins to get renewed. Someone took your place or promotion that you should have got. Oh, you just praise God and say, God, I thank you because you know what is good for me. Maybe that person took the place of promotion. But promotion comes neither from the east nor from the west. Promotion comes from the Lord. You will use that opportunity to praise the Lord. And you will take the next step of a heart of gratitude. You will begin to live a grateful life. So the first thing you need to do is to renew your mind. The second thing, the second R that I want to say. After you renew your mind, take time to reflect. What is it? God wants us to do. We need to take time to reflect on what God has done for us. Take time to, what is reflection? Taking time to think. Many times in the charismatic spirit-filled world, many, we have lost the, we have lost the practice or the, or the ability to reflect, to take time to think. Many of the great Puritans of yesteryears, godly men and women, they would take time to think and reflect about the things God has done. They would think about their lives. And in the midst of the charismatic chaos, many of us have lost the ability to reflect. Today I want to tell you, the second thing that God wants you to do is reflect. Reflect, take time to reflect on what God has done. Enumerate, think about it. Set time during your personal time of worship, during your personal time of reading God's word, during your personal family prayer. Talk with your family. Today, what is one thing that God has done for you? Take time to train the family to reflect on the things God has done. During your family prayer, talk about it. Tell one another. Testify what God has done. Small things. Imbibe this ability to reflect. And then pass it on to others. In your family time, in your, when you read the word, in your, in your family prayer, reflect. In your personal prayer, prayer, reflect on the things God has done. I believe we need an awareness of the facts that others go through in life. Oftentimes because we don't reflect about what pain others have gone through, our pain seems to be so big. Oftentimes because we don't know the challenges others go through, our challenges seem so big. But the truth is, when we begin to reflect on what God has done for us, and when we begin to reflect on the challenges others are going through, we begin to think how blessed we are. Oh, the goodness of God upon our life. So God wants us to renew our mind. And second R, He wants us to reflect on His goodness. The third thing I believe we need to do, the third R we need to do when we are growing in a lifestyle of gratitude is God wants us to record. God wants us to record the things in our life. Write down the goodness of God upon your life. Record the things that others have done for you. Remember how they stood with you. Remember how they prayed for you. Write it down. Record. Record. Make a note of it if you have to. Maybe you need to maintain a journal. 
Maybe you need to so that you can go back from time to time. You know, if you just have a journal recording the things that people have done for you, and when you are feeling ungrateful, open up that journal and read it, and you will count your blessings and name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord and many others have done. It will surprise you how God has transformed your life in a tremendous way. Keep a journal. Remember, record the things. But more important than having just a journal, begin to write it down on your heart. Begin to write it down on your heart and say, so many people have done so many things for me. I want to be grateful and I want to pay it forward. I want to become a blessing to other people. I want to help others that help me in this journey. So thirdly, record the things that God and people have done for you. The fourth thing I believe, the fourth R you need to do on a journey of becoming grateful. I believe God wants you to repeat. God wants you to practice. Don't just do one act of gratitude. Don't just, in the last two weeks, like a oh, pastor told us to be grateful, so call up somebody and tell them I'm grateful. Don't just stop there. Repeat it. What gets repeatedly done becomes our nature. If you repeatedly complain, you become a complaining person. If you repeatedly are upset and emotionally distraught, you become a a, a person whose emotions are full of storms. If you repeatedly praise God, give thanks to God for He is good. His love endures forever. When you repeatedly thank God all the time, it becomes a habit. It becomes a habit in your life, in everything. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 18 says like this, In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In not some things, in not in a few things, not once in a while, not when you feel like. If you're going to give thanks only when you feel like, you're going to be a very ungrateful person. But in everything. When Paul saw that the ship was going to be shipwrecked, he took bread. And he gave thanks. When Mary saw that she may have to be humiliated because of a journey of obeying God. Oh, she magnified the Lord. And she began to praise him. In every circumstance, give thanks. The apostles, many of them, they said, Lord, we want to thank you that you have considered us worthy to suffer for the gospel. They gave thanks even in the fact that they were going to suffer. But repeat This attitude of thanksgiving. Do you have a daily or a weekly or a monthly time where you remember to give thanks? Make, mark it on your calendar. Maybe you remember to give thanks. I grew up seeing, you know, my father many times. I would see him sit back and just sigh or or muse to himself. And he he would give thanks for something. And he would say, God has been so good to us. God's been so good to us. And I think I picked up that practice of Often thinking, how good you've been, Lord. How wonderful you've been, Lord. And I think we need to practice that. So mark out daily, weekly or monthly practices of having gratitude in your heart. Many people are grateful only for on New Year's night. And they say, thank you, Lord, for the last wonderful year that you gave us, even though the ups and downs. And many people don't know how to have small times. Have a checklist of gratitude. Is my mind being renewed? Am I getting better at this? To act upon. Look out for things to give thanks. The everyday small things. And you give thanks for that. Get known 
as the person who's grateful all the time. Let people know you to be a grateful person. Let them look, oh, there comes the person who's grateful all the time. You will not get a negative thing out of his mouth or her mouth. You'll always find them praising God and thanking God, even in the worst of circumstances. How do people know you? Do they know you as a, as a happy, positive person? Or do they know you as a negative, uh, discouraged person? God wants you to change that. The fifth R. The fifth R. After you renew your mind... And after you begin to reflect about the things God has done for you. After you begin to record it down. Make a journal about it. And then you begin to repeat the practice of gratitude. Look for things. Oh, thank you Lord for that. Thank you Lord. Thank you for the shoes I'm wearing today. Thank you I have food on the table today. You know, every time I see food on the table, my heart's just moved. I'm just so grateful to God. Thank you Lord. One more day, food on the table is so grateful to you. You know, record and repeat that practice. Make it a lifestyle of gratitude. Fifthly, rejoice. Rejoice in every circumstance. In lack, rejoice. In plenty, rejoice. Paul and Silas, they were beaten up and bruised and they were being put in prison with chains on their hand. And they told each other, hey, wait a minute, this morning we began, uh, we, we stepped out to worship God. We're in chains now, we're in prison now, but why don't we give thanks to God? That night, they took time to give thanks to God. When in prison, they gave thanks. When out of prison, they gave thanks. When in shipwreck, they gave thanks. In places of honor, they gave thanks. In every circumstance, I believe God wants us to have a grateful heart. You know, some people, when you look at the internet, their ingratitude is all over the internet. We can choose what we put out there. We can choose not just on the internet, we can choose what we put out there in the family in front of our people. What we put out there among our friends. Nick Vujic said like this, I never met a bitter person who was thankful and I've never met a thankful person who was bitter. If we are thankful, we'll never be bitter for the things that did not go right in our life. In anxious times, oh, I want to encourage you to be thankful. That's why the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything make your prayer and supplication known unto God with thanksgiving. Which means don't just make your prayer known to God, make your prayer known to God with thanksgiving. That you would praise God. Job said, The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What, what, an, what a mindset. What a heart he carried. God gave, bless his name. God's taken it away. Bless his name. So many of us know how to bless the name of the Lord only when God gives. And we don't know how to bless the name of the Lord when God allows a circumstance where we have to lose something. An anonymous person said like this, I'm thankful for the struggle in my life because without it, I wouldn't have stumbled across my strength. I believe God is calling us to be people that are just rejoicing and thanksgiving all the time, even in difficult times, that we will be giving thanks to God. Rejoice. The final R, the sixth R, that I believe God wants us to do, is raise a culture of gratitude. In our homes, in our church, in our family circles, among our friends, raise a culture of gratitude. When they say negative things, tell them, no, let's praise God. When they, when they complain, say, no, let's not do that. Let's just, let's just give thanks to God. May you be the person that sets culture of gratitude in your home. 
Become the person that sets a culture of gratitude in your family. Everywhere you go, among your friends, let set a culture. When the Bible says in Daniel 6.10, when, when the document was signed and Daniel was going to get arrested and get in trouble, the Bible says he opened up his window towards Jerusalem. He bowed down and he worshipped God. Three times a day, praying and giving thanks to God. When a document is signed that he's going to be arrested and put in a lion's den, or maybe that he's going to, anyone that bows down, does not bow down before the God uh, of the Babylonian king is going to die. He just opened up the windows and said, what a great time to thank God. You see, many of us thank God when documents of promotion are signed, when documents of profit are signed, when documents of praise are signed. But do you know how to give praise to God when documents of judgment, of imprisonment, prisons are signed, when document of pain is signed, when document of, that's going to lead you to maybe move into some amount of poverty because of the decisions you're making. What happens to your praise at that time? God's calling you to be grateful people. God's calling you to be grateful like the Philippine church from their great poverty swelled up liberality and they praised God. I believe when we do this, we truly become people that are content in every circumstance. Colossians and chapter 4 verse 2 says, devote yourself to prayer. Keeping alert with an attitude of thanksgiving. Make it your lifestyle, people. Make it your lifestyle. Devote it to prayer in everything giving thanks. Make it a lifestyle until it becomes your nature. Repeat it again and again and again. Germany, Kent said like this, it's a funny thing about life. Once you begin to take note of things that you're grateful for, you begin to lose sight of things that you didn't get. And I believe that's true in your life and my life. I believe while we're alive, the Bible says the dead don't praise Him. So while we are alive, this is the opportunity to praise God. This is the opportunity to give Him thanks for everything. This is the opportunity to get noticed in heaven and be an agent of transformation, a culture changer here on earth. I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to find things to be grateful. So Father, we want to thank You this day. We want to give You thanks because of a spirit of gratitude a humble heart. You want us to, you want a heart of stone to be removed and a heart of gratitude to be in place. We submit, oh God. We submit to you and say, Father, to you be the glory. To you be the glory for all the things that you have done. We are grateful. We are not, we are not entitled to God. We don't demand that you have to do everything for us. But we want to say, Father, for everything that you have done, be magnified, be glorified. Father, even in the negative circumstances, like Paul and Mary, in those times of anxiety when the ship was going to be wrecked and when the, her, Mary's honor was going to be gone, how they praised you and said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come and exalt his name together. For he has remembered his handmaiden, the mighty one of Israel. How they took time to praise God. Father, 
make our hearts ones of praise and thanksgiving full of gratitude that our families will be transformed our church will be transformed our lives will be transformed that our hearts will be full of praise and you will remember us when you look from heaven you will remember us that this was someone who was full of praise we give you glory and honor in jesus mighty name and we are in advance want to be grateful for everything you've done and are going to do in jesus mighty name amen and amen god bless you have a wonderful week ahead thank you for listening to this sermon for more sermons please do visit us at wicc.in